When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, my name's Robbie and I'm a digital entrepreneur, co-founder of Athletic and Sneakers. I recently, as in two years ago, exited a watch company called Uncle Jack and today I'm jumping on the podcast with DK on the Fitness and Lifestyle podcast to chat a bit about business, a little, little bit of fitness and um, mostly, to be honest, about the mindset behind business. Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. Robbie, welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, brother. I reckon this is, this is the second time, is it not? This is my debut on the podcast. Oh, it's not? It is, isn't it? You can't have enjoyed it that much the first time if you reckon this is your debut. Well, I reckon we did Oh, no, we did one in COVID. Yeah. We did one in COVID. It was obviously memorable for you. Yeah, yeah. Well... COVID was a bit like that, all became <laughs> yeah. a bit of a blur. First one in person. Um, welcome, man. It's good to see you. Yeah, likewise. It's Busy a, time of the year for you guys at the moment, I would imagine. Yeah, it's, it's pretty hectic. Um, you know, I've never thought of myself as someone who works in retail, but <laughs> it, that's what kind of e-commerce is. Um, but we play by a few different rules. But yeah, it's a busy time of the year. Um, you know, November is the new December um in e-com so yeah you know you've got things like black friday and click frenzy um amongst a few other things so yeah it's a super super busy time of the year and then basically you get to the end of it and january's just like so quiet yeah i feel as though like the black friday sales and stuff just keep pushing back further and further i reckon next year they'll start in like october yeah i mean no <laughs> every year it actually feels like the sales yeah, yeah. start people trying to get in early and stuff yeah, and th- I think there's been a few factors around that, you know, COVID, um, you know, supply chains and, and that sort of thing. I think, you know, a lot of companies and brands had serious overstock from COVID. So okay. we did start seeing things earlier. Um, but, you know, I was just saying off air, like when I started in e-commerce, Black Friday wasn't a thing in Australia. Mm. Um, the last three years, it's really become prominent. It's like the main event. Yeah. Whereas like it used to be in Australia, Boxing Day was the main event. So things are kind of changing, which is fine. I think you just adapt to it. Um, I think it's probably better for business anyway to, to start a bit earlier, um, the big Christmas rush. So, I mean, most brands, I mean, I don't know the, the exact numbers, but most brands are probably, you know, 25 to 40% of their revenue um, in the last sort of two months probably. So it's pretty, it's pretty hectic. Is that in terms of sales, is that the big, is like Black Friday the biggest period for you guys? Yeah, I think Black Friday would be um, just in terms of, you know, compounding over two weeks. Just, yeah. It's just nonstop. Um, so, yeah, I think, yeah, I think you'd be right. I think Black Friday is probably the key kind of time for us, but we don't necessarily look at it that way because at the end of the day, it is a sale. So we don't look at it from a, 
brand point of view and go, you know, that's our key time to, mm. you know, cash in or anything like that. Because again, you are selling it at lower margins as well. So, you know, um, the things we really look at at Athletican is all the other things that happen around it. Yeah. Um, I think that's what good brands do as well. It's not just how low can we get our prices and how many um, products can we move out? Um, you know, there's a whole host of other things that go into it. Mm. And I want, we'll dive into that super soon. Um, before we get into that though, um, I don't know about you, but when I see someone that's doing super well or someone that's like kind of at the top of their industry and um, and has the track track record to back it up, I always love to hear like the origin of kind of like how they got into that space. So for someone listening at the moment, like are you able to rewind a little bit and kind of go into where your kind of initial experience or, or um, initial fucking time, I guess you could say, um, as an entrepreneur or at least within business kind of started for you? I think you've got the wrong person on the podcast when you're talking about the person at the top of their game. But um, no, I appreciate the, the kind words, but certainly doesn't feel like that. Um, you Which know, is I'm, why you are. Well, maybe. That's but part of the whole mindset. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, and, that, and that's a whole nother um that's a whole nother thing which i'm happy to talk about at some yeah, point that will, mindset sure. thing yeah um especially going for me going from um you know co-founding one business exiting and then jumping into another one mm-hmm. um there's a lot of content i think around that which um doesn't get spoken about a lot um probably because it's not that common yeah uh, so but i've lost track of your, your original question no, that's right um just for the people listening who don't know, I guess, like your origin story in terms of where your first experience was running businesses or at least what kind of pushed you in that direction of becoming an entrepreneur and, yeah. and um, I guess, really mastering the craft of, of business. Yeah. So I think mine was a little bit unique where I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur from young. Um, it wasn't like I started a business at some point in my life and I you know, just kind of like fell into it uh i knew probably from honestly probably i discovered what entrepreneurship was when i was like 14 ish um and i remember saying to like my mom i was like have you heard of the term like serial entrepreneur (laughs) um but then i think at 16 i started uh this is in the great era of skins the like compression when they were just dominating i started a um, a compression uh, brand when I was 16 in, in my from my bedroom. And this is pretty crazy. Like, you know, I think um, my parents might need to reevaluate this, but I was on the, I was on Skype to um, manufacturers in Pakistan at like 3 a.m. on a school night, like negotiating Seriously? orders. And yeah, it's pretty crazy. You know, when, I, when I look back at it, um, but what, what, like how, how does that even come about? Like, so you see a brand like Skins or something doing well and you started to find interest in, in business and entrepreneurship and then mm. what are you doing then to even figure out those steps? Because at that age, even you know, a year or two ago, um, Danielle and I launched our kind of first activewear brand and I had fucking no idea where to start. So how are you then reverse engineering steps at that, that age to even figure out how to do that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the same for everyone. You just Google shit and, <laughs> yeah. you know, try and learn off from other people. But, you know, like I look back at what I was doing there and I was like, okay, that was, 
you know, pretty cool for a 16 year old to be doing that. But I'm also like, I had no idea what I was doing at all. But I think I'll look back in 10 years at what I'm doing now and be like, you know, damn, that guy had no idea what he was doing mm-hmm. as well. So I think it's just hindsight. Um, but, you know, to answer your question, it's just kind of chipping away, finding ways to do it. And I think I've always been that sort of person who will just find a way to do yeah. it. Um, but I, you know, I think that when it comes down to being an entrepreneur, it's like, yeah, you, you know, you can start a business, um, you know, one business and be in that for, for 20 years and, you know, that's fantastic. If you can do that, that's a serious achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just have this mind that sees different opportunities um, and I want to act on different opportunities. And that's just the way I'm, I'm kind of wired, um, which can be good and bad. You know, I don't necessarily think I have like, they call it like shiny object syndrome where you're just yeah. constantly chasing the next mm. thing. I don't think that's that's me at all, but I, I certainly do always have an eye um one eye open for for different opportunities because they come up at different times it's not like it's not going to come up when when you're ready mm-hmm. so yeah to speak. exactly so yeah yeah you just got to be ready for it so i yeah, feel as though in that regard you've got to have there's a fine line between just jump like giving up way too quickly on something that hasn't worked for you straight away or maybe you've had a few setbacks or failures and you kind of just give in and and, and push it to the side and jump mm-hmm. onto the next thing. But then on the other hand as well, you see people who hold on to something far too long when it is beating a dead horse and it's yeah. like it's either comfort or, you know, the fear of, of failure or fear of like other people's opinions of them jumping from one thing to the other. So do you reckon that within um, the business industry in particular that's, that's like a, not a problem uh, i wouldn't say but something that people struggle with particularly around like their identity like i've been talking about this a lot lately but you know let's say someone's got a business that is doing super well but all of a sudden they're not passionate about it or they can see from the numbers that things are starting to drop off a little bit and they know that there's opportunity somewhere else but because they've tied their identity to this one thing that they mm-hmm. find it difficult to move on to the next and i think I don't know what your opinion is, but I think a lot of people feel in their mind, uh, particularly in business, that, as you said before, some people will be in the same business for a long time, but then almost wear it as a badge of honour that they haven't had businesses that have failed or they haven't had mm-hmm. businesses that they've jumped from one to the next. But is there, is there a bit of a yeah. fine line between that? Yeah, I love this. So you've kind of made two points. Um, one, the first one around identity, I think that's like a key thing. And I... I really, you know, battled with that probably up until I'm 29 now. I probably battled with that up until like my early to mid 20s. This mm-hmm. has been like, you know, actually, who the fuck am I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> in this, like, in this context of the world, in terms of my work, you know, what I stand for, what I believe in, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, to give you an example, like, and I'm pretty sure you had a similar experience with basketball, but yeah. you know, when I didn't make it playing footy um, and, you know, I got cut from whatever um, and, and you, you know, you think you're going to be this person. It took me a long time to kind of um, get over the fact that, you know, footy wasn't my identity, mm-hmm. you know, it's just something that I played yeah. on the weekend or something that I love doing. Um, so when that, you know, that, that opportunity gets taken away from you, 
um, you really have to kind of reassess. So that's kind of an example of, you know, I think I'm a lot better. I learned a lot from that lesson in my, you know, late teens, early adulthood of, you know, that's what you do is not necessarily who you are. You've got to kind yeah, of exactly. separate the two. Yeah. Sure, there's, there's um, you have to be aligned in terms of your values and that mm-hmm. sort of thing in terms of choosing what you do. Um, but the two aren't mutually exclusive. And the other thing in regards to, um, you know, business failures, that's a, that's a good one. Like I've definitely had probably double the failures that I've had successes. Yeah. Um, and I think you're right. Like I think people need to be more open about that. Yeah. Rather than just documenting only the good stuff. Um, but I find it truly fascinating. Like, you know, the stories of entrepreneurs and you look at some of the businesses they've started and they're just trash and you, you look, you know, in hindsight, they you look back at their early days, you're like, how that did they make it from, you know, yep. this business idea, which obviously wasn't going to work, <laughs> yeah. they, but you don't know unless you try. Like, yeah. how can you be successful if you don't attempt something? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you make a really good point about that as well, um, just around being open about failure, um, but, you know, learning the lesson from it, um, you know, like, even now I've got a few projects. If one makes it through, then that's probably a pretty good statistic um, in terms mm-hmm. of like success to failure. And you, do you think like in terms of being able to, I guess, stay more neutral when it comes to the highs and lows of, of business, mm-hmm. that having, I guess, almost, you know, again, I was, I've been listening to a lot of content around this lately around attachment like getting too attached to whether it's a business, a person, um, your identity to a sport or a business, whatever it may be, but almost like kind of just staying as neutral as possible so that, you know, yes, you're putting in your time and effort and your expertise into this business that, of course, you want to do exceptionally well, but being okay with the fact that it may not. Yeah. So then you can kind of not waste your time kind of, as I said before, hanging on to something that's not going to go anywhere and just keep using those lessons to move on to the next one. Yeah, totally. Uh, my business partner, Joe, who's, been, know, on Joe. This, yeah. who's been on this podcast, yeah. <laughs> um, he he likes to call me emotionless when it comes to business. So I yeah. think that's probably kind of what you're talking about, just in regards to just trying to um, not get too caught up in the highs and, and not getting, you know, too, too down in the lows mm. um, and just trying to, you know, be uh, like, I, I think I'm a realist. Yep. Um, when it comes to that sort of thing, like I recognize when things are going well, but also, uh, you know, as you were saying before, like recognizing when things aren't working and just being prepared to pull the pin. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine. Yeah. You know, like I think people can get caught up, including myself, get caught up in like, oh, if I put this out on social media and if it doesn't work, like how's that going to make? No one cares. People appreciate and respect that you're having a go. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as long and as can you know, relate. Yeah, exactly, hundred yeah. percent. So, yeah, I think you know, if putting yourself out there, um, you know, people kind of have that that mutual respect. Yeah, I had like a bit of a direction that I wanted to take the um, the episode in, but I think I'm I'm really liking this stuff. So if you're happy, I'm going to keep pushing on with like more. Uh, of this you go stuff. wherever you want to go. I'm happy to oblige. You mentioned at the start um, that it was quite a difficult period or you found it challenging going, you know, exiting um, Uncle Jack, which was a huge success on your behalf and everyone within everyone involved with it, and then jumping straight into Athletican. Yeah. Are you able to kind of elaborate on that a bit and what you mean by that? Yeah, sure. I actually haven't, like, I don't think I've spoken ever publicly 
about this. About so. this, yeah. Uh, could be interesting. Could exclusive. be yeah. I wouldn't call Time it ex- wouldn't call it an exclusive. <laughs> take that take that banner down. But um, yeah, it's it's super interesting. I think because uh, I don't think there's a lot of content around people exiting a business and then what they do next. And it wasn't until I exited Uncle Jack that, you know, I found myself in this place of um, what's next. Mm -hmm. And it's a really interesting kind of um, phenomenon where, you know, I was Googling and stuff and I just felt really down. Like you think after you've you've exited a business, you built it up for seven years. Um, As you said, it's been reasonably successful you'd think you'd just be on this high of like, yes, you know, we've done it. Like this mm-hmm. is, this is, you know, basically what we set out to do, build this awesome brand, this awesome product with, you know, a group of people that just love what we're doing. Um, but I started Googling, Googling and, you know, I started researching about, you know, I don't think it's got a name, but it's basically like this post exit depression where, you know, you go from working in something seven days a week it's always on your mind Mm -hmm. you're always thinking about what's next how can i do this what needs to be done to you know all of a sudden you're just cutting ties and um your life looks completely different um so the transition from there to athleticum was pretty quick so we exited at the end of 2020 which is right smack bang in the middle of covid so in hindsight i would have loved to just gone for six to eight weeks, just go some anywhere yep. and just get out of, you know, my little bubble that I'd built up for the last six or seven years and just kind of completely refresh. But that wasn't at all possible. So, you know, fortunately, basically we had started Athletic and Joe and myself maybe three or four years prior. Um, but, you know, credit. 2017, was it? Yeah, 2017. So it had been, it was reasonably established at that point. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, credit to Joe, he, I was only kind of had a small part to play in um, the early days. He was really the the workhorse in the engine room. So he more or less got it to a point where it had been established. He built the platform, um, even though I had been involved in, you know, setting it up. But, you know, I have, even now, like, I don't, I still feel, I have really bad days. I have really good days. I have really bad weeks. I have good weeks. I have bad months and I have mm-hmm. good months. Like, it's not like this linear thing mentally. where you just, yeah, mentally. Um, it's a really, it's, it's really tough because again, going back to your point about, um, and I don't know again where this is where you want the podcast to go, but going back to your point about as a great man once said, we can take it wherever you want, man. Yeah, <laughs> around identity, like you know, you build up um, internally in your own mind, like oh, I'm linked to this business. This is mm-hmm. you know what this is what I do. Yep. And when that stops, you're like, well, who am I then? Who am I? Yeah. So it is really interesting. There's a lot of layers to it. And it's not as it's not as straightforward. There's a lot of mindset aspects to it. It's not as straightforward as just coming out with an idea, going 100 miles an hour, working your ass off for however many years and then reaping the rewards. There's mm. there's a lot of layers to the onion. There's a, I've got a bunch of um, 
you know, I'm sure we kind of go back and forth a bit um, by text anyway, but I've got a bunch of uh, audio books and, and stuff that I reckon you'll really like because I've been listening to a lot of content around this lately actually. Like even, you know, as you would have seen, I'm trying to transition, um, not obviously not, not out of fitness at all, but like adding a different pillar to my coaching and, and even my content in terms of the mindset mm-hmm. stuff because I've loved so much of this um, type of personal development work over the past few years and even that has been quite difficult to kind of wrap my head around or like even find the con- like which is weird because I'm typically someone who is relatively confident but like just find the confidence of then stepping out of what my typical lane mm. is what people think my lane is yeah. um, so guys like you know there's some awesome books that I'll send across to you but Please. trying to be basically become the awareness of like what you're doing and detaching mm. yourself from basically everything which sounds as you said before, pretty emotionless, but it's not more so just like, again, yeah, just trying to detach yourself probably emotionally from a, a lot of things. So you're just becoming the awareness, which I don't know if that makes any sense totally. at all, but I'll, I'll send some stuff across to you. Um, from that perspective of, you know, the mindset side of things being quite difficult, was there, is there any tools that you've kind of added to your toolkit over those over those since 2020 that you didn't have before that you found beneficial, whether it be journaling, meditation. I know you're big on personal development. Um, I don't know if that was always the case, but how's that kind of changed for you? Yeah, I think I'm I'm a student, so I'm always learning. Um, so I I like picking up new things um, and seeing if it works for me. Not yeah. everything like I would never like just be like everyone has to, you know, do this because it's so good. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously some. Some techniques work for some people and, and some things don't. But what's worked for me uh, has been gratitude journaling, mm-hmm. the first one. I think that's something that I didn't really do previously, but it just kind of, you know, I, I do it in the morning and it just kind of, you know, if you've got a hard day coming up or something, it just kind of puts everything into perspective. Mm-hmm. Just like, uh, well, I'm so fortunate for this, this, this. Um, and just kind of sets you up um, intentions I like to set my intentions at the start of the day um, again this has been a pretty recent thing um, which is kind of like I'm a very organised person I'd say like very like detailed planning with everything, very structured um, but for some reason I never like set my intentions for the day like really clear I need you know I'll have like a to-do list like everyone does but you know these are my two or three key things, goals for the day. This is my intention and what I want to get out of the day. That's something I've been doing recently. Um, beyond that, I've, I've, you know, not going to lie, I've had um, meditation-wise, I've gone sort of in and out of. Yep. Um, I've found it hard to kind of be really consistent with that, but totally understand the, the benefits of it. Um, and then journaling, lately journaling before I go to bed. I just spend two minutes um, by the bedside just writing down a couple of notes um, and that's definitely kind of helped settle me because I'm not a great sleeper anyway. (laughs) You're not a great sleeper? No, I'm a terrible sleeper. What do you... I know you're um, quite active as well. You train a lot. Is that something that you find is of benefit to you in terms of productivity with your work? Probably. I mean, I don't know about the Have you ever had periods where you've cut it out? completely and seen any difference um i think in that probably in the final six months of selling the business um that was probably a difficult period from um, a health perspective 
because we're so busy. Like you basically, you think about like when your business is acquired or you sell a business, you're basically doing two jobs at once because you're still running the business, but also like the process, like the legal process around, um, or, you know, all the negotiations and stuff around actually selling a business is like a full-time job. Um, so that's that was super hectic and I definitely fell behind um, in my health and fitness. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I certainly felt the deterioration in that point around that time. So you're probably right in terms of um, it does have an effect on you, just your general overall yeah. well-being and, and whatever. But, like, I'm probably um i've always like it's always just been ingrained in my life like sport Mm, fitness training it's not like it's not something i force myself to do but i'm absolutely right in it at the moment like i'm probably um you know (laughs) in terms of like planning every session commitment is like right up there i don't know if that's i don't know maybe it's just something when you you know you get to your 30 close to your 30s (laughs) and you start kind of already now I'm 29. 29, yeah. yeah. Have you had any any mentors over the year, uh, over the years? And like, are you working with one at the moment? If you have, or, or you do at the moment, um, is that something that you've found beneficial and would recommend to others that are, are trying to reach any level of success within whatever industry they're in? Mm, it's interesting. Like, I, I've had, you know, a few. I wouldn't call them mentors in any kind of official capacity but certainly people that i can bounce ideas off yeah um but i don't think that i've you know i had a i had a business coach during the key years of um growing uncle jack which is certainly helpful but that's kind of different to a mentor but it is someone you can kind of bounce ideas off um but yeah i was thinking the other day like i i haven't really had a specific mentor that's kind of you know seen me grow helped me kind of um pivot my ideas and mindset and that sort of thing so i mean to be honest i don't like i i I didn't grow up in a family that was full of you know business like my Mm parents my parents were originally teachers um my dad became a consultant um later on but it wasn't like we grew up with like this entrepreneurial flair or anything i didn't have like family connections in the space or anything so like I just, you know, you know, I'm Not sure. You, yeah, I'm sure it's a similar yeah. sort of story to you. Kind of, you kind of work it out as you go. Mm-hmm. You kind of meet people, you know, bounce ideas off off different people. So no, to answer your question, I didn't. I haven't really had like a set mentor as such. Have you? Uh yes and no. Like pretty similar to you. I haven't had like someone that's kind of been there from like day one as I've just kind of guided me through and seen growth from start to finish. But there's definitely been mentors um, as such like along the way, either that I've like, you know, paid to work with and, and, and whatnot. Or to be perfectly honest, like I find like some of the best mentors I've had has been consistently consuming content from people online that I've mm. never met. Yeah, You know what I mean? And, and people whose message I, I kind of relate to and then watching them grow and then taking bits and pieces from how they go about things. Regard, like a lot of them aren't in the fitness industry at all. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's an interesting one. Like it's something that I've, um, you know, even like within the the mindset space I was talking about before, it's something that I've, I'm kind of doing at the moment. And I understand how, like the logic behind it. Like, you know, if you've got someone who's, done something that you want to do for the last 10 years and you can invest your money if you're financially able to do so 
into them to spend even a couple of hours with them and in that couple of hours they can teach you lessons that took them years to learn i think that's super super valuable um but on the the topic of um entrepreneurship and as you said like your parents weren't necessarily like entrepreneurial um, minded or anything like that do you think it's something that is in your dna or something that can be learned because i think particularly over the past say three or four years being an entrepreneur has become kind of cool as gary Mm. v would put it in terms of popularity around owning your own business or building your own brand and all this type of stuff Mm. but i think you would see it all the time there's just I don't, it's, it's a it's a very difficult thing and I think a lot of people look at it from the outside in and see like the as you said before the highlights and go fuck yeah I want that but then when it comes to you know really getting in the trenches and putting in the work it, they don't have the DNA for it so do you think it is something that can be taught and you know depending on what environment you're surrounding yourself with or it's it's more in your DNA I have no idea <laughs> fuck yeah I love that we'll quit that yeah I have no idea mate I reckon it's it's different for everybody yeah um I think, I mean, I don't know if it's in... I love how you let me ask the whole question, which took me about five minutes to yeah, fucking get yeah. out. This made you look a bit silly. Thanks, mate. Appreciate um, it. No, Second and last time. I honestly have <laughs> yeah. no idea. Yeah. Like, you'd think it'd be different for, for everyone. Mm. Um, but as I said, like, I just kind of discovered it early. And I was yeah. like, this is what I'm going to do. Like, yeah. the day after I finished um, high school, I started a, a business. Um so it wasn't like I knew exactly what I was doing. Um, but yeah, I think I think people I've and I've seen people fall into it at different times. I think we probably I think we overuse entrepreneurship. Mm. Entrepreneurship, you know, I, I don't think is is you know, starting a, a business and working that necessarily as a job. Yeah. As being like I'm an entrepreneur. And I think we've we've um, in some ways killed the word entrepreneurship in, in two ways. One, I think some people see it like in a really negative connotation in terms of being like, you know, almost like sleazy, like, you know, wants to start multiple businesses, just wants to earn money, but, you know. Pyramid schemes. Yeah, pyramid schemes, you know, multi-level marketing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you can you can think that. I don't think that's a true reflection. And then the other side is like, you know, people starting, you know, side hustles and stuff and, you know, writing entrepreneur in their Instagram yeah. bio and stuff like that, which again, like, it's fine, but it's, is it entrepreneurship? I'm not sure mm-hmm. that it is. Yeah, I understand. I think we've seen from. like a lot of, like obviously e-com boomed in during COVID. Yep. Um, but what we're seeing now is obviously with like, you know, tightening macro factors in regards to, you know, the economy and stuff. We're seeing a lot of those um, businesses that were starting during COVID actually just, you know, either um, either dying or, you know, being sold off for, for not much. Like I crawl like all the um, marketplace websites that people selling businesses. I Like I'm on it every day and I can see firsthand, you know, all those biz- like all those cool little businesses you saw starting COVID. They're all like, not all of them obviously, but a lot of them are just kind of being sold off or they're, they're kind of dying. So yeah, it's interesting. I think it's probably, you know, my, Joe and I talk about at the moment, it's probably the worst time in the last 10 years that you could try and start a brand right now, mm. just with, you know, a lot of the macro factors, uh, the social media games totally change. I like a, a lot has changed to make it, 
it's much harder to get cut through. You really got to have a clear point of difference. Where do you see on the marketing topic? Um, we'll get we'll get your opinion on both. So for unpaid and paid marketing, where do you think the most attention is at the moment and where someone who either has a business or I know you've just said it's going to be quite difficult, but someone starting a business where they should be putting most of their time and energy in terms of content marketing? Mm, yeah, I think it's, it's probably, I mean, it's probably different um, depending on the type of business. I would say e-commerce, uh, if you were going to start a brand now, um, you'd want to be a really good storyteller in terms of being able to do, you know, I think TikTok is a lot about storytelling and, you know, even if it is, you know, quite heavily edited and um, you've got to come up with a narrative and a, and a key kind of um, talking point or whatever it is. And it's the same as like, I mean, reels are the big thing at the moment, mm-hmm. as, you know, time recording. Um, so being able to, to get in front, tell a story, share interesting things via video, um, you know, I'm sure you'll cut this podcast into little reels. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's in terms of unpaid, I think that's a key thing, being able to, to tell a story. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I, I like writing as well. So it's not necessary. It doesn't all have to be like reels or whatever. And like you've got your, um, your email newsletter as yeah. well. Like, you know, it's... It, you can kind of craft it to to your area of expertise. I think, you know, we can get a little bit caught up in being like TikTok's the big thing. You have to post like, you know, it's not even it's not even about dances or anything anymore. But you don't have to post like, um, you know, silly videos and stuff or, or like just you, viral like viral yeah, tags and viral all shit. Yeah. Um, you know, you can craft it to to your strengths and and how that fits your business. In terms of paid marketing, you know, Facebook ads are still strong, man. Like. There's been a lot of negative talk about Facebook ads and the costs going through the roof. Um, and they probably did for a little while, but they're still as strong as ever. I th- you know, I, was, I don't know if this is a, um, a true statement or if it's just something I've observed, but our CPMs, basically the amount of money you spend per people that you know, see your ad basically on Facebook has gone down this month being November um, compared to October and you'd be like well prices should go up in November here, yeah. because it's like Black Friday and all that kind of stuff but what I think has happened on Facebook um, as I'm scrolling the feed it used to be like only the second post was like an ad like as you scroll your feed the second image or video or whatever yeah. would be an ad and now it's like every like four so I think what they've okay. done is added in more placements because they right. know more people are advertising spending more money Um which I think this time of year when people are in like a shopping mood, mm. like no one's going to complain because everyone's actually <laughs> looking for all those yeah. things. Like I know like I'm seeing interesting things. I'm like signing up and checking them out. And I, like right, I'm in the industry, but I enjoy yeah, yeah. it. I yeah. really enjoy it. So yeah, I think Facebook ads is a key one for paid marketing, but I also wouldn't sleep on all the other channels like Google, I think is a big one underrated. Yeah. You know, SEO is a big one, depending on your product. Um, it's just like business niches, like some of the most boring niches are the most profitable. And I think it's the same as like the platforms, like you don't have to be on TikTok necessarily to be successful yeah. in marketing. There's, you know, um, there might be like, a, if you're selling tools, there might be like 
a tools blog or a network or something that's just perfect for for your audience. So yeah, yeah, I think we can get a little bit too caught up in the in the shiny new platforms and yeah, just figure out where your audience is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the key thing, isn't it? When it yeah. comes down to marketing. Yeah, for a business owner um, or entrepreneur um, that is kind of just in the early stages of of their journey at the moment, looking back at what you've learned over the years up until this point, what would you say? A, you know, some of the top skills um, that, that you have found kind of have accelerated um, your growth as a as both a you know, business owner and entrepreneur, but also help build the companies that you've kind of worked on over the years? Yeah, there's probably, there's probably a few things um, without one necessarily being the most important, but certainly network's important. And, you know, I think like, again, networking gets like a bit of a bad... Um, you know has some negative connotations be like you know it's a bit sleazy just like networking work in the room Mm. um but it's not about that it's just like okay well if i'm launching a new product do i know anyone in that space who's who i can ask questions Mm -hmm. um and that leads to something else so the big thing is momentum like you can't buy momentum necessarily so it's just something you have to keep building up building up building up and once you're getting momentum just keep it going mm-hmm. um i think you know in 2022 you have to be pretty proficient in digital marketing mm-hmm. you don't you know you don't have to be the the best digital marketer in the world but at least have a good understanding of it and then get the help where you need because i mean that's you know yeah that's where we're at um and then as i said before i think storytelling is a big one like you really need to bring people along for the journey it's not about like you're not just selling the product you're selling the story selling everything behind it you you know more or less just selling yourself in the context of that brand that product and and why you're doing it so they're probably the key ones for me again like pretty i think they're pretty generic answers to your question but I think it's um you know it is it is pretty broad but that would, they would be the main ones I'd say. Unreal. Couple more things here, Robbie. Um, f- on that same kind of um topic, like from a like the the back end, so let's say like the financial side of things of, of being a business owner or a company owner. What are is there is there any advice you could give to someone? You know, because I'll use myself as an example, like. I knew fuck all about finance or anything to do with like the finance side of running a business, whether it be something as simple as tax, GST, super, like especially having your own business, super, um, even things like loans and, and, you know, credit cards and all this type of stuff, which mm-hmm. sounds like great, like stupid, but I just genuinely had no idea about any of it and learned a lot of like hard lessons because of that. Is there, if someone was like wanting to invest in themselves in terms of just building some knowledge around the very fundamentals of what they should be kind of keeping an eye on and setting up from day one in terms of the finance side, are you able to give any advice on on that or what areas you would make sure you're at least kind of semi on top of as you start your journey? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, similar to you, just kind of you make mistakes and learn as you go. I think the key one is as soon as you start being semi-serious in terms of revenue or you know sales or profit just get a good accountant on board one that you kind of jive with and one that you kind of resonate with um you know like we our first accountant first couple of accountants um pretty like stock standard type of exactly what you'd think accountant would Mm -hmm. like speak like you know communicate like and we just didn't 
you know, we didn't, we weren't didn't on the gel. same page. We didn't gel. Um, it was just all very efficient. I was like, just talk to me in, in, in real terms, you know, like let's have a frank conversation. Yeah. Don't just, you know, throw some jargon at me. Yeah. And we, you know, <laughs> that's it. We'll send your invoice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the key thing is find an accountant um, that you kind of get along with and, and can kind of talk about things beyond just, you know, the balance sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, always, um, you know, revenue is, is vanity and profit is sanity. You know, it's not all about looking at just what, what the top line sales numbers are. Yeah. It's what comes out at the bottom. Mm-hmm. that's actually important. Um, I think that's actually been a real macro shift and I'm not necessarily in the, the startup world. Um, but you know, a lot of venture capital has gone from like, you know, putting in money with the kind of understanding that this could take a long time. It's probably not going to make money for three, four five years, but we're hoping it will make money at some stage to, um, we want to invest in businesses that are cash flow positive, meaning they're making money. There's money coming out at the end of it mm-hmm. um, that can be reinvested and they grow because like if you're cash flow positive early, I mean, is there any better indication that the business is going to be successful? Yeah. Like you've clearly hit a point in the market where people want what you're selling yeah, and then you can scale from there. Even if it is micro, if it is niche, uh, it's kind of the best indication that you can get as opposed to like a lot of the startups. Um, obviously, some startups just hit a big, hit it out of the park and, mm. you know, that's that. But there's so many startups, which again, f- from the start of this podcast that people don't really talk about a lot, like the failures, um, you know, these big valuations never really hit product market fit. And they're, you know, a dime a dozen, they're everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, fuck. There's, I mean, obviously, when, when I started, I was all, like, my whole passion was just around the health and fitness side of things, and and the business kind of comes second. But it's crazy. Like, I'm so intrigued in it now, and I've learned so much. But there is just fucking so much to mm. to take on board and learn, isn't there? But it's, yeah. um, I'm, I feel like that's part of the the enjoyment out of it. Is there's always something can be fine tuned, and always new things to learn. Um, Man, I've been absolutely loving your content lately as well, like particularly a lot of the stuff around your thought processes and what your days look like and the behind the scenes stuff. I feel like that's, as you said before, the storytelling side of things like mm-hmm. behind just the the end product is is super interesting. So I will make sure that everyone, uh, I'll put the links to all Robbie's show, uh, all Robbie's socials in the show notes. Um, but man, if there's, is there anything else you want to add in before we wrap up here, big dog? No, not really. I think you've we've had a good good spread, a few different um, key topics, which um, hopefully been a little bit different to maybe some of the other podcasts that you do. So no, I think that's we've had a we've had a good variety of topics. I reckon around that business and, and lifestyle. Topic. We'll um we'll definitely do another one, um, lock it very in. soon. But um, that was really enjoyable. I love love chatting about all that stuff, and um, you've got an absolute fucking wealth of knowledge mate so thank you very much for coming on and um everyone who's tuned in we really appreciate you listening to this episode uh today so if you've taken some value from it we'd love for you to share this episode tag myself tag robbie make sure you get around athletican's black friday sales this year um show some support check out their page as well that'll be in the show notes um and yeah man thanks thanks for coming on thanks very much mate. appreciate it